Welcome back to Gale Force Winds Season 3. The Gale Force Winds Podcast is proudly sponsored by Newfound Marketing, a digital marketing agency located in St. John's, Newfoundland. Visit our website at newfoundmarketing.ca to find out how we can help your business grow. Newfound Marketing, a compliment to your marketing team. And welcome to another edition of Gale Force Winds. And I want to tell you, it's always great to be in conversation with entrepreneurs that are doing wonderful things in our region. I'm Alan Dale, and with me as always, my good buddy from the east end of St. John's, Jerry Carew. How are you, Jerry? What, should I talk about the weather? If you want to. Uh, we are, we're... Uh... In, in the midst of a week, uh, the fun week, we've talked to so many people, Alan, haven't we? We were in Argentia yesterday, but uh, ultimately, we love people that do things business-wise, and uh, particularly little sideline things. I said before we started recording, I did that for 30, 35 years, so we are really eager to hear your journey. Well, I'm interested, Jerry, that you didn't even talk about the weather because it's a damp, old, dreary night in St. John's tonight, and what an appropriate conversation to have. So, Maria, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Oh, well, my name is Maria Haffier, and I'm from St. John's. I'm one of six kids, so I'm the youngest. Well, I'm a twin, so I'm number five. Um, I guess I'm. I grew up very sporty. I played a lot of sports, um, had a paper route at 12, <laughs> so I worked hard early. Uh, went to university, um, did biochem, realized I didn't want to work in a lab. Um, I did a business course and I fell in love with business. So I did a, a minor in business and then I just kept going. I did a master's in business. Started my first job at the Marine Institute, and I'm still there 20 years later. Oh, wow. And I did a second master's in business and maritime management. Wow. So just to learn more about the business of shipping and maritime studies, and it just, I just love the world of business. And I guess starting my own wasn't too far away from that. Maria, was all your studies in Newfoundland, or did you go elsewhere for them? No, all here. Everything was done right here at Memorial University. Mm -hmm. So six kids. Um, and you are a twin, and you guys are number five twins. Uh, tell me what it was like growing up in a big family like that. That's a that's a big big group. Yeah, a uh, lot of laughing. Yeah, we had to laugh. Yeah, because <laughs> my parents were very strict. Is that right? Um, uh, yeah, we uh, we did a lot together. I mean, from the youngest to the oldest, there's only uh, seven years difference. Oh, wow. So okay. we're all really close today. Yeah. Um, it's funny, you know, with this business I have here, when I was young, I wanted to be a fashion designer. Really? And, you know, and I completely changed my mind after a while. Right. But my, my sisters used to laugh and, and poke fun at me. So you can't even draw. Right. So, and I used to say, I'm going to get the last laugh. <laughs> and and it's funny that this kind of developed, you know, 30, 35 years later. And Maria, uh, all girls, boys, what's the mix of the kids? Uh, two boys and four girls. Two boys, four girls. What mom and dad, what were they up to when you were growing up? Uh, they worked hard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they were both teachers. Okay. And then my mom had delved into the entrepreneur world as well. She, okay. she became... Um, um, 
uh, I guess downtown, she owned a lot of uh, houses and rented them out to right. to people. So. Uh, landlord, I guess. Right. So she was teaching, and then she kind of morphed into a, yeah, doing she, this. Yeah, she Well, bought. how old would she, would she be when she started that? In her 40s. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And that became very successful for her. She renovated them, and she really took care of her tenants, I must say. Like, yeah. she really nurtured. They, they were long-term, and then she slowly sold them off, and she's done very well. So I guess I learned a lot from, from watching her. Right. So kitchen table discussion must have been kind of fun at your house with all of the conversations yeah, moving. Yeah, a lot of tenant stories, that's for sure. A lot of tenant stories. A lot story. of characters. Yeah. But, uh, I learned a lot about, uh, you know, we grew up very privileged, and we yeah. learned we we learned that you know there's a lot of people not as fortunate so we got to meet them and and just understand just i guess just different ways people grow up and their their circumstances so what are the siblings up to what did they how did their journey unfold or still unfolding uh my brothers in toronto sisters in new brunswick um two sisters here and a brother here so we all did fairly well um my twin sister kept in with health sciences she's she did biochem as well um my sister julia is a singer and um just government and uh, my brother's in mining and yeah in that field Wow. So uh, it must have been, as you say, I mean, I can't imagine six kids. I, I grew up in a family of five siblings, and that was busy enough. But I, I, there was a big gap between my four older sisters, and I was the youngest by seven years to the next one. So I had a lot of um, mothers in my life growing up, which was absolutely fantastic. I can only imagine what it would be like with six around the table. And dad uh, was teacher. Uh, what kind of teacher was he? University? Uh, no, high school? Or? High school, industrial arts, and geography. Okay, wow. That sounds exciting. So you I, I had them both as teachers. Oh, yeah. What school was that? Vaders. Uh-huh. So it was it was uh it was good and bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when that your your classmates would make fun and you'd walk in the room and they'd shut up and I'm like, Ah, you can you can, uh, you can, you can say, say what it. you want. Yeah, you can talk about my parents, I don't mind. My but. next door neighbor was my grade four teacher, which I found that yeah. awkward. Having a parents would have been really challenging, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I used to ask mom, I this was grade six, I think I had my mom and she's and I used to walk up, ask her what's for supper. <laughs> and she's like, You're wearing the floor out. She said, Sit down. <laughs> what was that like? I mean, going home at night, I mean, to, to shift context like that, it must be pretty weird. Uh, we, we, um, when we got home, she made us leave the house and she locked the door. Oh yeah. She had 30 kids every day. Right. When we came home, it was outside play. Yeah. So we grew up in a neighborhood full of kids. We, she never knew where we were. We were out, uh, <laughs> up, uh, Mount Sio area, building forts, you know, um, playing sports, uh, um, hide and seek, you know, with all, yeah. all the, the guys and girls on the streets. So it, I must say it was a fun, it was a fun childhood. That's awesome. You said, uh, you mentioned that it was quite sporty. What kind of sports were you involved? I played soccer. I was a goalkeeper for 15 years. Oh, wow. And then I played touch football. Yeah. Wow. Did yeah. you continue that at the varsity level or? No, um, no, my studies, I just really concentrated on those. I didn't, but uh, I just stopped playing touch football just before COVID. So, Is that right? Yeah, wow. I, I just got too many injuries. I'm getting older. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me now about uh, business. Do you remember the first business course you took and what was it about? Uh, it, it was that... entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah. 101 or 1001. Um, and I just fell in love with the concept of bringing ideas to life. Right. You know, and 
I, I used to carry this idea book with me all the time. And anything that I would think of, I'd write it down, write it down, write it down. And I've had, this is not my first venture, actually. It's uh, my first um, good and growing venture. Right. But, you know, I've had failures. So, yeah. and things that just was just not, just too big for me. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I fell in love with like strategy marketing wasn't my favorite, but I've actually learned that it's become one of my favorite things about okay. business, but you know, strategy and I was pretty good at finance as well. So right. just the different facets, like I was never an expert in one thing. Mm -hmm. I just kind of was a generalist and that's what I, what I, what I liked the best about it. Perfect entrepreneur. <laughs> Perfect entrepreneur, right? That, yeah. What were those other businesses? Kind of what were you involved in? Um, I wanted to start um, a wind farm. Yeah, yeah. Way back when. And then a moose um, uh, farm, like, to export okay. overseas. Um, yeah. But we didn't, we didn't, we just don't have the regulatory programs here right. for that. Um, I wanted to start an offshore port facility in Holyrood. Uh, and that's, that's just, those are just monster ones. I wanted to just have an offshore <laughs> storage facility for marine um, product. Um, those didn't really get off the ground, but I did have a proposal, like a business writing um, um, business that I helped start up sorry, business plans. Okay. So I did a fair bit of those. Cool. Yeah. And then I... What else did I do? I flipped houses for 10 years with my sister, <laughs> right. with, with my twin sister. So right. we were kind of the property sisters. Right. So we did very do very well with that until the downturn. We, right. we flipped, I think, uh, nine houses. Okay. Yeah. So you'd buy them, do them up, and yeah. uh, put them on the market. Yeah. That's fantastic. So you're always into something. Yeah. The first, yeah. I got to ask you this, the first house, tell us a little bit how you felt when you did that. Because <laughs> you bought it, I guess, did yeah. you? And then renovated it well it was it was right after my graduate degree and i i bought a house downtown and it was a fixer-upper but that's all i really could afford but i walked in and i went oh this the energy of the house when you walk into a house you know it's yours right so mm -hmm. i walked in i said yeah we can we can do we can fix this up and i was we were in there two years and my mom was buying houses already so right. i could see what what she was doing and then i said to my sister one morning i said why don't we buy another one and sell it, do it up and sell it. So we did it. We did it in like four months. Okay. And then, then um, I ended up selling the one we were in, and then we just kept going. And then I were you doing some of the work yourself? Oh, or? a lot of it, most of it. Wow. Yeah. We would hire contractors to do like what was required by a code. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we did all the tear down, all the painting. Um, and yeah, we did, we got our hands dirty. Took guts. Took guts to buy that first one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I was nervous. I was nervous. We had three mortgages at one point, and I was—I lost a lot of sleep on yeah, that. Right, I but bet. it was very stressful. Uh, but we bought one house that was completely burnt out. I mean, scraping soot off beams was just—I mean, I got it. We, we have both. We had so much fun, but yeah. it was hard work. But we weren't scared of it. And uh, it—it's one thing to do that with a business partner, right? It's another thing to do that. Maybe with a sibling, but with a twin, that's there must be. Tell me about that experience. Um, we're super close. Yeah, like, we're inseparable. 
I have other, two other sisters. I don't think, or two brothers, I wouldn't be able to do that with. Right. They would fight, and I just... Like I'm, the, I was the business side. My sister Sarah was the contractor side, and she she operated the tools. She was that, so we kind of had really good complementary skill sets. Right. And I managed the budget, and and um, she she knew the talk of the you know with the contractors. So, uh, the contractors sometimes would try to fool us with with certain lingo, and she knew she knew the difference. Uh, some of those other businesses that you mentioned, Maria, I mean, those are. Uh... Interesting, a windmill farm. I mean, that's you know, that's no small venture. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, harvesting moose meat and exporting it—that's no big venture. No. Uh, w w where does this big visioning come from? Like, are all of your ideas in that stratosphere? Um, I think I just think big. Yeah. You know, uh, is everything a moonshot? Yeah. No. Well, I mean, I at the time I thought they were doable. Right. You know, just as long as I do this, 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 and this. And then when I, I mean, I spent a year on a lot of them just doing the backup research and wow. realized that yeah. a moose farm, you can't export meat in Newfoundland. So right. I was like, okay, to change that regulatory, you need a, you need the federal government to put a facility here. Like it's just, it was insurmountable at the time. Mm -hmm. So then I moved on to the next idea. Cause of course my book of ideas, I said, <laughs> one of these are going to stay. One of these going to hit. Yeah. And you still keep a book of ideas? I do, but I don't tend not to write in it as much because yeah. I focus on the one that's now sticking. Yeah. Uh, and put all my effort into that. Are you one of those people that have like dozens of ideas every day and you look at something and you can kind of see oh, around yeah. the corner? Yeah. Oh, I work full time. So I, I'm always coming up with strategy ideas to, to enhance the business. Uh, there. So it's just part of, I guess it's my job and what I love to do. It's my passion, really, I think. And, you know, I'm, you've, and sometimes when I ask people if they consider themselves as they don't, they take it kind of as, oh, that's a bit lofty. But would you consider yourself a visionary? Mm. I know the, the definition of a visionary, but the visionary leaders and then there's managerial. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I consider myself a managerial, actually, because yeah. I, I, I like to bring the ideas to fruition, mm -hmm. so bringing them to life. Visionaries, I think, are very, they, they kind of set the tone, they, they orchestrate the framework of what's going on, and then people implement it under them. And right. I, I, maybe I do a little bit of both, I right. don't know, but I like getting my hands dirty and the implementation and just getting it done. Yeah. Like, Sometimes we find, uh, you know, we, we were in a lot of conversations, Jerry and I, and a lot of people have some great ideas. And uh, one of the things that often separates people with a lot of great ideas is their ability to act, get out there and do it. And it sounds to me like you act on a lot of these things. Well, yeah, there's, um, I always say there's talkers and doers. Right. And I like working with doers. Yeah. Because I feel like I, I, I'm a doer. Yeah. You know what's funny about that statement? I think about me and you, Alan, is we're talker doers. <laughs> yeah. That's what this is. Well, we're listeners, I think, Jerry. Okay. <laughs> At least I try to be a listener. No, I, 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 I'm trampling on it all. I'm not You're talker doer listener. Ah, you got to like make, make a new word. Talker doer listener. TDL. Talker doer listener. 
No, but but it's uh, I too, Maria, like to be around doers, right? Jerry yeah. and I have we use the expression a, a band expression, right? We just say let's just get the gig, and we'll practice towards the gig, yeah. right? And it's all about getting moving, getting getting out of the gate. And I find a lot of people get they they think of a thousand reasons why it can't work or why, as opposed to maybe folks like yourself. Well, let's give this a try and see what where it goes because there's a lot to be learned from trying and making the mistakes. Yeah. Would you agree? And, yeah, and I think there's room. You need visionaries too, yeah. especially uh, in larger corporations. Uh, but for something that's more like sole source or you know sole proprietor, um, yeah, you need to kind of you kind of got to have the doer part of you as well. So uh, now you and your sister entrepreneurial, uh, clearly mom entrepreneurial. Is did anybody else sprout into the entrepreneurial field since? Yeah, my older sister. Well, she's a singer, so she performs. So she also works full time. She, yeah, she owns property as well. Uh, my brother's <laughs> um, he does contract work for yeah. for for mining companies developing program maintenance programs for them so we all kind of have our side gigs i guess everybody's got a side hustle yeah would mom have been the impetus for that um i think well for sure i think yeah, yeah. she's she 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 raised six kids and we weren't all you know good <laughs> uh she had she was a teacher for almost 30 years and she had a thriving business and and uh, and she was very active in her um, church community, so she, she didn't stop. Wow! And what what was like sitting at the kitchen table with her? Did did she delve into the business no, side mm, much? Sometimes, yeah. Um, but I mean, the the table was loud, right? Yeah. There were six of us trying to get airspace, so and food. <laughs> yeah, and food. Yeah, and, but the thing was, if you didn't eat what was in front of you, there was nothing else, <laughs> right? <laughs> But I, I, I often tell my mom, you know, she didn't remember this, but when I was 15, she handed me the book, The Wealthy Barber. Yeah. And she said, never depend on anyone for your wealth. Right. And wow. I never forgot that. And um, she thinks I took it too seriously because <laughs> I just go, 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 go. But uh, it's true. Like, it, it's not it, that was more about managing your your wealth and and being prepared in certain circumstances. Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of instances where, you know, the people are stuck because they don't, they, they can't, yeah. they don't, they're not as independent. So I think I really took that independence to heart. And um, I really, and with my new business now is it's, it's being, um, having that independence mm -hmm. and the grit to go out and do it without right depending on someone else yeah. right just go out and do it you have you have your yourself and and the energy and the mindset you can do it it's yeah. funny you know sorry Alan, when i remember you know like get what you're saying when i was working for advertising i respected the effort and it was 100 percent commission but making your own money there was something special about that and the pride the pride that i felt was so I get that. Mm -hmm. I get what you're saying. There's something about creating something, isn't there? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and grit, right? Uh, grit goes a long way. You don't have to be the most talented person in the room, but man, if you can drive hard, you, you'll go far, right? And there's yeah. such great examples of musicians that uh, they had the determination, grit, and they went further than everybody else. Yeah, it's the persistence. Yeah. And I always, in some of my marketing ads, I talk about persistence and having that drive and the strength to, to get past the barriers 
that, you know, uh, we talk about the barriers with, you know, getting out in the rain, uh, you know, and being protected. Well, then, but you can also, it's kind of like a analogy to, to overcoming the, the, um, the elements that, that face you every day and then just keep going. You know, you might, you might get wet, (laughs) not with my raincoat though, (laughs) 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 but you know, just keep, keep going. Yeah. Now that's a good segue into the next part of this conversation. So tell us what you're up to in the moment and why we should pay attention to that. Well, I started uh, Mernini in 2020, just at the beginning of COVID. Um, Five years prior to that, it was one of my ideas in my idea book and because I went to work and it was driving rain and I had this really great outfit on and then it was just soaked and, you know, wearing a skirt or a pair of pants with, with it drenched is not fun. Right. No. So, and all the sport, all the raincoats that I had were sporty mm-hmm. and short So I said, there's got to be something out there that I can buy. So I searched online. I can actually remember the night I was sitting on my bed, just scrolling through websites in Europe, Canada, U.S., nothing. Trench coats, but trench coats are are not waterproof. But um, so I had put it in, I put it in my idea book that, you know, a long full length raincoat is needed. So within, you know, back burner, front burner, back burner, front burner, Finally, when my other ideas didn't pan out, I said, okay, I'm going to go for this. So I took a full year to do some major research on type of uh, material, like this is polymers stuff in science and looking at manufacturers overseas, Canada. I tried to get it done in Canada, but it's very, very difficult. Um, And I guess 2020, I had a product. I had a shipment coming from overseas and... I said, I'm going to launch this. So, uh, so I mean, to walk us through what's involved in designing a piece of clothing and then getting it to the shelf. I mean, that is a huge undertaking. Yeah. Well, like I said, my sister said I couldn't draw. Right. So I can sketch. Right. So I kind of just sketched out what I wanted in a coat. And I wanted it to look like an old slick, uh, fisherman slicker, fisher, fish yeah. harvester slicker, yeah, yeah. you say now. Um and uh, then I hired a, a girl in Montreal who was a fashion designer to put the spec to the proper, you know, spec to the uh, technical spec to my drawing. And then I was on um, manufacturing websites like Alibaba and all that, trying to get AliExpress to find a manufacturer. So I, I got a bunch of responses and I just sent them the spec. Can you send me samples? And uh, then I picked one that was great customer service, great quality, understood my vision, and we worked for a full year prototype. We went through four or five prototypes to get to where um, I was happy. And then I said, all right, find the money and, and then go. That's, I've never ever thought about this before. So you literally sent the designs to multiple companies and they sent you back samples. Mm-hmm. And then when you finally settled on one, you started working with them on prototypes. Yeah. And that took a year. Yeah. So yeah. they're, they're sorry, Alan, they're, they're eagerly anticipating getting your contract to build, to, to 
create these. Yeah, and yeah, so they they bet on it, right? So yeah. they they bet they and they invest because they didn't charge me for the development fee. That's what I was wondering. That's no, some do, some, some do, do yeah. but this company didn't. And uh, this um, this lady, um, she was wonderful. She she understood what I wanted. She anything that I wanted to change last minute. She said no problem. And uh, we've had iterations because we've, you know, yeah. we, we haven't been perfect the first time around. But um, I've had repeat two two different shipments from them since. So we've had, we've had three shipments. So she's it's a success on her end as well as mine. Right. right? Tell me about the. Uh, I want to go back to the design piece again. Mm -hmm. Right. So you had a vision in your mind. You sent it off to this uh, person in Montreal, and she designed it. How long was that process going back and forth to get that perfect look? Um, we actually didn't have a, a physical product. It was only pictures. Right. Pictures. Yeah. Um, maybe six months. It wasn't very long because there was only so much she could do. Right. Um, and I'm actually still in touch with her. That was years ago now, maybe uh, eight years ago. Uh, and she uh, she's she was pleasantly surprised that Al actually came to fruition. Um, but the real, I guess, the real development came when I worked with the factory. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I, I got to ask you about the name. Uh, what, what's oh, the story yeah. behind the name? So my name is Maria. So with six with six kids or five siblings. Um, Maria was really hard to say. And so they would say, you know, they just, you know, they would do a terrible job. So <laughs> mangle it. They, they would mangle it. Thank you. Uh, and they would just say, so it ended up being Mernini. And so which, that was, which is easier to say than Maria. <laughs> so that your, your, your siblings call you siblings. Uh, my mom really called me Mernini. And okay. then, um, then it got shortened to Nini. So the family still call me Nini. Okay. Yeah. So all the, all my nieces and nephews, they call me Nini. Well, that's a great story behind yeah. the name so for sure. I actually had like five different names for this company. And I, I used to get my friend to do all the logos and, and I'd repeat, repeat. And she's like, can you just pick a name? I said, no, it has to be perfect. Yep. It has to be perfect. It has to have, it has to, to speak to me and it has to have longevity. And then one day I was on my couch. It was, I was quiet. It was like 10 o'clock at night. And I just said, Mernini out loud. And I went, I called my niece and nephew and I said, what about this? And they went, Perfect. We want ninety percent of your company because that's what we call you. They think they come up, came up right. with it, but <laughs> yeah. uh, no. And and um, everyone loved it. Everyone. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't put a logo on it. Um, I just chose a font that would, to me, uh, scream fashion. And um, I actually researched a lot about font for for fashion. Yeah. 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 And so okay, so tell me about that. So, uh, well, maybe we should stick on uh, the production of the product. So that had to be quite a, a process, M making sure that it was exactly the way you wanted it to mm -hmm. be. And then, I mean, the color palette is incredible that you've chosen, and getting to that point. Walk me through that kind of. Because that's a side of a business that I don't think many people would have gone through. And additionally to that, I'm looking at the tag here, sizing, like mm -hmm. color, sizing, the yeah. whole thing. Oh, that was very challenged. Sizing is still a challenge um, with the body shapes. Shapes are so different and yeah. trying to, to fit everyone has been challenging. We've had to change a few sizes over the last couple of years. Um, but those production factories are very experienced. Right. I mean, they do... 
you know, tens of thousands of units, like in one order. I don't go that large yet, but uh, they have a process of, um, you know, they send you the sample and then they send you the, the factory, then orders the, the, the fabric from another factory. Okay. And then they send you the, the sample, you, you approve it. Um, then, they send, then they send you the pre-production sample and then they send you the production sample. So wow. it, it's a lot. Yeah, okay. and, and back and forth and back yeah. and forth. And and this is these are manufactured in China, so it's it's a far away. Right, so we're waiting like to the shipment because sometimes I'm so um, I it's like I need I need to get these these produced. I need to get them on the ship by this date. And they're like, well, we have, you know, there is the process. And, and it's for me, it's quality too. It's the quality assurance. Right. Uh, we did, um, I do inspections of the, the factory. Um, you go over? No, I haven't. Right. Well, since COVID, we yeah. haven't been able to right. go over, but um, I, I hire third parties. Right. So third party inspections go in and look at um, their certification. But also we do a pre-production inspection for every order that to ensure that they're they're following all the specs right and then they send me a huge detailed report on they'll do like 40 percent samples right that's that's very large usually it's not as large as that but mm -hmm. i i want them to inspect like a large portion of the the the, the production and then the logistics of, as you say, getting them on a ship and stuff like that. Are you doing all that or are yeah. they doing all well, that? Well, I hire um, PF Collins. Okay. Um, so they to, do all that piece for you? Yeah. So, But I'm in, I'm in touch with them frequently about, you know, when it, when it's at the port uh, of origin and then, um, you know, the just when it's coming over where it's landing, then there's a train, you know, so the customs you're waiting train to Montreal, Montreal, either truck it here or uh, ship it through OceanX. It really depends. Like sometimes trucking is more expensive than shipping yeah. from Montreal. So it's, 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 it's headaches, a lot of headaches, stressful yeah. times, especially when um, Vancouver is so busy. I had a product there for like five weeks just sitting there. Yeah. And they charged me for... Um, for space on the dock, yeah, yeah, you're renting the and, dock space, and it's not my fault, it's, right? You know, they have yeah. had a huge backlog, but I got to wait for all that to move before it gets on the train. And yeah. So, and when there was a few years back, when the there was a fire on one of the container boats, well, it wasn't mine, thank goodness, but I I, I know companies that had products lost on that ship. Oh wow! So there's so many risks yeah. to it, and you put in so much. Um, um, investment into it and your time um it it's it's can be very stressful and you've got customers waiting because right. i do a lot of pre-order uh -huh. and uh they're yeah but mostly the customers have been great they've been very right. happy with the product but they've also been very patient and i think they just love the story and yeah yeah but when you so i'm glad that you explained all that because when uh, somebody now when they rush out after this podcast to buy all these products they're going to know the back end of the whole thing to say oh wow that's quite a process to get that here are they on store shelves or do they people buy them online from no booths so oh. um that's another thing about it's the business model of selling right mm -hmm. so you can do all online which is e-commerce uh, which I had envisioned that's how I would go, but I learned quite quickly that 
my target audience wants to feel it. They want to try mm -hmm. it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I changed the model to, um, to retail and then an e-commerce. So the retail companies, which I'm selling in eight provinces now, they'll get, they'll, they, they get a wholesale price. They buy it at a wholesale price and, and then sell it at my, uh, retail price. Right. So they get a cut and then, you know, I, I lose that portion, but the visibility is so much mm -hmm. better and the volume is increased of selling. Right. So, and, and where, where are you selling? Like what provinces are you? It must be BC. BC, lots of rain out BC there. but I'm actually hiring a consultant now to, to really move into that, to the West coast. Right. Um, BC, Alberta, Ontario, Quebec, um, and then the, in the, in the Atlantic provinces. That's great. So, uh, what about the product separates itself from everything else on the market? Well, it's, there's not a whole lot of full length waterproof, mm -hmm. uh, raincoats. Now, water, waterproofing is, is complicated because there's fabric is never a hundred percent waterproof. It's rated to a hydrostatic pressure. Okay. Right. So this is rated to 10,000. I saw that. Yeah. I was wondering what that meant. Yeah. You know? So if you have like a, a test tube and you fill it with water, mm -hmm. so you got what, 10,000 milliliters there? Right. Then that pressure on the fabric, once it exceeds that amount, water will find a way. Okay. Right? So the thicker the coating, the probably the higher the hydrostatic pressure. So fish harvesters wear PVC, right? Right. Very high, high um, hydrostatic pressure count. So it's very, very waterproof. Right. Um, also... A heavy and you'll stiff get, and harder it's very uncomfortable and, yeah and that was actually i used pvc as my first prototype way too heavy right so this is a polyurethane much lighter um flexible yeah and uh it's more for everyday fashion yeah. and so this you know when i say 100 percent waterproof it is to really the conditions you're going to be in yeah. but if you're going to be in a hurricane or yeah. you know you you might you probably reach know. out to your fish fish harvester you, you, friend. You, you get, might want to wear a PVC coat. Get, get their gear. Yeah. yeah, shouldn't be as you shouldn't be out anyway. Yeah, right. So I'm on the way to a sales presentation so, in a hurricane. So there's a science behind behind waterproofing that yeah, a lot of people that. don't know. No. Now tell us about it. Um, well, I mean, that, come back to your biochemistry days. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I did. I had to uh, have meetings with uh, po polymer PhDs in Norway really? just to understand, you know, the ins and outs of it. Now, I, I wouldn't be able to spell out what you yeah. know right. yeah, everything yeah, they say, but it's um, it's it's been interesting uh, to learn a lot about it. and of the sealing as well. So a lot of them, a lot of uh, coats use tape seams. Mm -hmm. Now I use a cotton backing, and we realize tape seams don't are not as durable with cotton backing. So uh, we then move to welded exterior welded seams, wow. and this holds up very very well. You know, one thing that jumps off the page for me is the color palette. These are beautiful, beautiful colors. Thank you. And uh, and and you came in wearing another beautiful color as well. What drives your decision on the colors? Um, I want people wearing it to look good and they're bold colors, bold. I want people to be bold and beautiful. Right. You know, um, so it's, it's a lot of looking at 
different color palettes, but I, I look to my customers too, and, and I, 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 I pull them. So we have a large um, social media community, and I pull them and say, you know, what colors would you like to see? What do you want? So some people were waiting on this yellow that I launched in the fall. They were waiting for a year. They went yellow. So I went with like a dory yellow, very, very traditional. Yep. Um, not everybody's choice, but, you know, like the pink is coming out um, in, in March. Actually, we're debuting it on uh, the Shopping Network. So we're on um, Jeannie Becker's show, really? uh, oh. Style Matters. Yeah. So we're, we're launching the pink there. Uh, and Are you on the show yourself? Yes, yeah. yeah cool. This will be my fourth time, I think. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So Jeannie Becker has actually been quite uh, a mentor to me um, for her work ethic, but also her support of um, small companies, small fashion companies. I mean, she she lived here. She started her career in CBC here. Um, I reached out to her about my product just thinking, you know, I'll stab in the dark kind of thing. And she wrote me back and we connected with, I uh, connected with some of their buyers and bam, I was, I was on, uh, I was That's on their, uh, it's called email. today's shopping choice, but it was the shopping channel. Yeah. It's changed the brand, but, um, I do sell a lot of coats through them. Wow. A yeah. cold email, email, yeah. or text, LinkedIn. Yeah, it LinkedIn. was uh, Facebook, I think. Wow. Yeah. But I've done that for most of my uh, boutiques that sell. It's all cold calling. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, wh what else can you do? Yeah. yeah. Uh, some of them were very, like, don't know the brand, click. Yeah. <laughs> but say in, in St. John's, Twisted Sisters was the first store that took my, my coat. Yeah. Um, and now I've gotten a lot of calls from other companies that want it but um i try not to dilute the sales of right. the people that have been loyal to me right so if i do pick another store it's in a different area different clientele uh so they're they're their downtown core right Maria, we know what the first customer means to us yeah uh, the nlc was our first customer nlca what does twisted sister mean to you oh uh, well, it's funny because I walked in with one of my prototypes and they came up to me, where did you get your coat? And I said, oh, it's mine. Uh, and they breathed life into this whole uh, people like this, you know. And I said, would you be willing to sell it here? And they said, absolutely. So we've been, they're, they're, they're almost like business partners, right? Right. You know, we work, we're very loyal to each other. Uh, we have a trust. And I, and I, I think... Loyalty is very important in business, and they they do so well in selling my product. Um, I'm going to take care of them. You yeah. know, I'm not going to dilute their sales with stores next door to them. You know, so you're dealing directly with the owner. Yes. Is yeah. there one owner? Or? Two two sisters. Yeah. Are they? What, what are their names? Because I don't know the company. I know my wife does. Uh, Tanil and Jacqueline. Wow. Yeah. Twisted uh, sister. Yeah. Yeah. Twisted Sisters. Yeah. Uh, so they've been with me since the beginning, really. So, yeah. And I've grown to 20-odd different retailers across the country. 20. 20-odd, uh, yeah. And that has been cold outreach? Yeah. And how many are on your team? Is it How many work with you? Uh, it's just me, uh, full-time. Yeah. Um, but I have a marketing company, Altitude Media, Leanne okay. Daw. Um, young company. 
uh, it's funny. I went in mar- uh, he's a marketing marketing firm, mm-hmm. but I, I, I interviewed six companies to say, okay, who, who am I going to help market this? Five were women led and this, this guy, Liam, and he was only 21, I think at the time. Right. And, uh, when I left his office and he was in, he was in university too, yeah. doing engineering, I felt like my product was a million bucks. Right. And I was like, gosh, like he made me feel so good and so like inspired that I could do well with this, that six months later when I was ready to, to really pitch it, he, uh, I called him. I said, do you remember me? He said, absolutely. The coat lady. <laughs> and I said, you got the job if you want it. And, um, we've, we've really worked together to, to bring my, my vision of how I want this to be, uh, seen the quality, the right. professionalism, um, and just the look of Mernini raincoats yeah. from Newfoundland and Labrador, but can be worn Anywhere it rains. Right. I've seen his work. He's very talented. Very, very and, talented. And he, he's another loyal guy because right. there's been other companies that want to work with me, but I continue yeah. to work with him. He's gotten a lot of other gigs. He's he's growing his own customers, you know. So, um, but he's he's still loyal to me as well. So it's it's building those connections. It's a partnership you have with him as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. And what a, what a beautiful thing, right? You're all helping each other on this journey, whether it's Twisted Sister or he, Liam and, or, and now you. It's pretty amazing, eh? I find that in this part of the world, people understand the importance of celebrating and supporting one another. Would you agree? Yeah. Well, we both win, Yeah. right? He helps build me up and I help build him up. And, and um, one of the things that I really push is not only with my – partners um but also with my customers like customer satisfaction is a hundred percent important like it's i i respond within hours of someone emailing i try to address any concern they have and they're always right i worked at mcdonald's for four and a half years through my university and their motto was the customer's always right you know so i i try to to keep that mantra uh, you know, the same for my company. The, and I get a lot of uh, feedback that, um, you know, there's responses good and we take care of the Armanini sisters. <laughs> right. Now, uh, certainly when it rains, certainly in this part of the world, sometimes it's cold too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you have an addition to this to keep oh. you warm? Yes. Uh, so one of the feedbacks we had was that, you know, I think. Am I on it? Yeah. Uh, was that it was you know under a certain temperature probably six five degrees when it got winter winter rain uh, it got a bit chilly and so instead of redesigning the coat and having in it you know something that was in in uh, built into it I it came out with a, a liner oh wow so I launched this in uh, November okay and it's done very very well no kidding it's beautiful. But it's, it's, you know, so then you can retarget your audience. You retarget buyers, right? right. And um, so this is now, um, we, sold a pl- we sold plenty since November, and now we're launching it on Shopping Channel as well. Right. So people who have existing coats, which many would have, yeah. this is another option for yeah. them right now. Yeah. And, and that's fantastic. Yeah, so it's beautiful. not something I thought of, but my customers. That's a feedback loop, yeah. right? Yeah. You, you know. That's that continuous improvement cycle yeah. in the fashion industry. People are getting cold. Yeah, and I, I wore that tonight with my coat, and 
It was great. And I've had emails from customers going, I just walked my dog completely warm, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and how active are your customers in communication with you as you move forward? I I couldn't believe they are really, um, very responsive. Um, even on the shopping channel website, like they're surprised how much many reviews we've been getting. Um, you know, they just didn't expect the feedback to be so good, but, and people take the time to write. Right. And I've well, had that's e- a big thing, right? You know? Well, they always write when they're mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've gotten a lot of emails from people that say, um, you know, one lady, she was 2, 2XL, and she said, thank you so much. She said, I haven't been able to find a coat to fit my body, right. my body type. And she said, I just want to thank you for, for designing something that works for for us, you know? Yeah. And it, that was great. And other other people saying, I've been searching for a long, full-length raincoat. I don't know why nobody thought of it before. So thank you for, you know, just really, these are, these are feedback that really keep me motivated, you know? Uh, you, you clearly come from a great foundation. Your family upbringing sounds great and amazing, and the product and what you're doing in the moment is really cool. You're iterating it, adding to it. What's on the horizon? Where do you see this company going? Um, well, we are looking international. So I'm, I'm, uh, I mentioned I'm hiring a consultant, so she's looking to uh, expand it on the west coast of canada but also in the u.s okay uh we're looking at getting into more affiliate marketing programs so the shopping channel is an affiliate program so they help market your product online Uh, i'm a drop shipper so i i ship to their customers um and uh, so we're looking at going to other ones that are very very large and once you get in with these companies it's like another level. Yeah, because they they want you to succeed because they succeed. You're the dog right. chasing yeah. the car, and you're going to catch the bumper, I guess, when you're and, with these guys. And right? they don't take anyone. Yeah. They right. so you've really got to pitch your story. You really got to pitch your product. You also have to show revenue, um, people like your your stats for online, people going to your website and your marketing, and so it's it's an onerous process, but uh, that's my goal. I'm getting on that. <laughs> right. Maria, I love this. The worst weather, the best raincoat. Yeah, there. I just wanted was to... Was that sh- you or Liam, or was that a team effort that, that was coming my, up with that? That was a team. That was me and my sister, my yeah. my older sister. She, I had it a little bit longer, yeah. and she shortened it into two, into two sentences, two uh, phrases. You did a good job, sis. That's, uh, I love that. One of the features that I love on this coat is the um, emblem, the the logo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, Can you see that there? It's the uh, it's a piece of rock. Oh, really? So it's black granite. I wanted to have a piece of the rock um, represented on my coat. So the the first iteration of this was actually Newfoundland black granite. Right. And I was sanding that in my house for months <laughs> uh, because uh, COVID hit, and my factories that were doing that in St. John's which weren't like, I think Memorial was helping me sand, uh, polish them and they closed down. So I had to, I had my brother-in-law helping, my dad helping, uh, my friend's cousin helping polish these. I spent a lot of time and I said, well, economies of scale, I can't, I can't do this 
that can't have Newfoundland rock, and we don't have a black granite quarry, so it's very difficult to get them cut. So I went, I had to get them done overseas, but it still represents right. a piece of where I'm from, right? The rock. Uh, Maria, how many of the original ones did you send down, you and your family? Uh, 1,600. Oh, my Lord. So those folks out there were the, 16, the original 1,600. Yeah. That's a collector's yeah, item now. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that, was, that was a lot of sweat. Yeah, yeah. a lot of that cursing because it, it's to, to change the black granite from a, a dull gray to a black. It's, it's a process. So is that I, right? I learned. And to find the granite, it took me... I said, how hard is it to find rock when you live on a rock? Yeah. Yeah, but it was difficult because um, you had to find the right type of rock so it wouldn't crack. Right. And it had to be durable. And then I designed the piece. I said, how am I going to get a rock on a coat? Yeah. So I worked with another factory in China. We designed this. Um, I actually designed this myself, the, the metal plate that the rock goes into. Mm -hmm. And then we had the metal, the 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 black granite um, uh, printed on the rock, so it That's was that was a, that was a fantastic. process in itself, but it's it's kind of like my passion piece of yeah. the coat, which right. I love, and a lot of people don't realize that it's the rock, it's a, it's actual rock. Yeah, right. So. Well, that's a detail. Attention to detail. Well, and also, I mean, you're right. I mean, that's what separates a, a beautiful product like that, right? It's that passion that the owner, the company is putting into it. You know, I, I've often bought cars and stuff, and I look at little details that, you know, you learn the history of why the engineering group did that to the car. And it, it, I love those stories. And that's a great story that you, you just told about that. So are there other products that you got in mind? Are you are you thinking something else? Well, Hats, gloves. Yeah. Just give us an exclusive. Yeah, give us an exclusive. I, yeah, definitely waterproof gloves. It's yeah. probably going to come out. Um, mm -hmm. uh, possibly a hat. I had another idea, and it probably it might not be for Mernini, but um, you notice that I brought my shoes here tonight. Mm -hmm. um, I really detest having to wear boots and bring shoes yeah. and change and then blah blah blah. I. I, in my idea book, there is an ice boot that I had designed about having a boot that you can put your shoe in, any type of shoe. And, okay. and it's like a, well, like you guys wear gaiters, right? Yeah, yeah. Like galoshes or yeah. gaiters, yeah. So I wanted to design a boot that could fit over a heel. Oh, really? <laughs> but I don't know if I'll ever get there, but it's one of my, my ideas. Are there specific countries that you look at that you'd like to move your product into? Is it like... It oh, would, yes. You know, I mean, the U.S. is obviously yeah. a close one, right? Uh, and, the U.K. Yeah. Um, and, of course, Scotland is right. the yeah, yeah. same climate. Yeah. Um, Europe, um, Ireland. Yeah. Uh, my biggest competitors, <coughs> excuse me, are in Denmark and Sweden. Okay. So uh, when I had to do my business plan, of course, I looked at competitors. Um, there's a, a Danish and Swedish company that um, that market really big in Canada. Mm -hmm. So, and they're kind of in line with some of the, the similar uh, fabric and and style because um, they have a maritime culture as well. Right. So they're maybe move into their market as well, but uh, but really my focus is U.S. Uh, UK, Ireland. Okay. Yeah, that's a good focus yeah. that, for this product for sure. Yeah. Um, you talked a little bit um, about mentors that you had along the way. Tell me about the importance of mentorship in starting a business like this or, or in life indeed. Um, I think when you're, when you're going and you're trying to develop something that 
that you want to be successful, you have to ask questions. I mean, if you try to do it all by yourself, now I, I am a one woman team, but I've asked for help by, you know, people who've come before me, people in the business of, you know, uh, plastics, polymers, um, even mining, because I had to, that rock there, just ask a lot of questions mm -hmm. and, and um, listen, right? Because sometimes the way you want it to work is not the way it's going to work. Right. So I think, you know, the, the mentorship piece, um, I've had, um, you know, friends that I've really leaned on for advice uh, or opinions. And I guess just, yeah, I, I always say just keep asking and ask the right questions too, right? Right. Rhea, I want to take you back a little bit into this conversation to the manufacturing. The idea is written on paper. You sent it and you got a sample. Can you just tell us what it was like to get that first sample? <laughs> I could I just, you know, talk about the excitement and either the disappointment or the elation, whatever. Just talk a little bit about that. For oh, us. I got it in the mail and uh, uh, I rushed it to pull it all open and I, it was PVC. So it was, it looked like a fish harvester jacket right. and I put it on. I went, holy, it's so heavy <laughs> and it was super long. Yeah. I mean, the spec was wrong. You know, right. they didn't, it was supposed to fit me, but it did not. Uh, but I trudged up to my mother's house in it and I showed her and then I brought it to work, showed all my friends and they were just like, you're going to sell that? <laughs> but, you know, I said, well, I'm going to change it. It's going to look better. Uh, but I was so ex tickled. I was tickled. Yeah. Uh, when I when I first when I finished my prototype and uh, got my first big um, vet, uh, retailer, Simons in Quebec, took took them on. I did. I went outside. Did my rain dance. You know, like just. Uh, I really enjoy the small wins. Yeah. And some of them are obviously. I think they're big wins, but they yeah. are small wins overall. But uh, yeah, no, they really drive me. I think. Yeah, and you must be a lot of those. Like every time another uh, boutique or a retailer takes you on, it must feel great that yeah. they believe in you, right? Yeah. Well, it's just seeing the growth and seeing um, people believing in in the product. Um, and really excited about where it's from. I mean, when I did my research on who's doing what, there's a lot of companies on the West Coast, like, well, Vancouver's huge retail, uh, made in Canada and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, so was Quebec and, and Ontario. Nothing really was coming out of the East Coast. And right. I was like, man, we have so much rain. We have yeah. so much wind. You know, we're right on the edge of the North Atlantic. The worst weather, the worst uh, operating environment for our seafarers, you know, this is where a product should really come out from like and yeah. and and we know we know whether we know we need this so yeah. it really came out of the need for it and people responded to that it's amazing to me that you found a niche within the clothing industry yeah. of yeah. all industries. I always say I, I, I found a niche within an, a saturated... Uh, sa saturated market? Saturated, <laughs> my pardon the pun. Yeah. But it's true. Yeah. I mean, you got, you know, there's there's hundreds of very sure. big brands that sell raincoats. Yeah. And, um, you know, my, I'm just scratching the surface, but um, it will it will reach international. Like, that's... 
it's my goal and it will happen yeah I, I had a dinner last night uh, with a person and we were uh, we we're just talking about uh, different things and uh, she asked me what I was up to tomorrow night and I said well, I was, I was going to interview you and she said oh she said, I have three of those raincoats and I'm thinking who has three of one product right so clearly it's a an amazing product well, some of them are actually collecting the colors oh, are uh, they? my niece's principal has all of them <laughs> how many colors, colors are there there's well with this one it'll be eight eight colors so there's seven on the market right now this the eight will be the one that's coming out in next month so yeah eight colors and um counting yeah. wow just because it's the worst weather doesn't mean you have to wear something you don't want to wear right, right. you yeah, know 100 yeah. percent uh i gotta tell you like this color here this color yellow is pretty amazing it's it is that dory yellow i think yeah. that maybe draws my attention and, and makes me think of newfoundland when i look at it it's a different yellow altogether isn't it yeah it's not bright yellow blinding we've got lots of lights here it's it's just the right color, and that's the that's a color that my uh, my contact over in China gave me. I had a bunch of other ones chosen, yeah. and I said I'm not really sure. I said I want it to look traditional, and I said, can you send me what's selling? You know, what's the hot yellow? And she sent me back samples of mine that I had chosen, the the Pantone colors. And then she sent me that one, and I went, no, hands down, that one. Like so, she she understands when you have that person that gets you, and yeah, and um, and it's doing very well. Like they, it's like I said, it's not for everyone. It's no. very, it's very, you know, bold. It, it's a statement for sure. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I, what is this the slogan that I used for my uh, when I first launched? It was uh, to. Um, Blend in around here, you got to stand out <laughs> in Newfoundland, right? Yeah. We we got colorful homes, colorful houses, colorful personalities. So we do have all of those things yeah. here, and now we have colorful jackets, yeah. right? Uh, Maria, I mean, you you've had a great journey. I really enjoyed hearing about you personally and your product, and I'm sure many of the people that are about to go buy these things, it's going to be really cool to get to know a little bit about the person behind all of this. But we often ask our uh, guests on the podcast to leave the audience with a piece of advice. What might that look like for you? Um, I think it's, um, if you have an idea, you know, write it down. If you love it, you just be persistent. Like if you have a passion for something, um, I didn't have a passion for raincoats, but I had a passion for bringing ideas to life. I had a passion for seeing, it was more like a, a test for myself. Can I do this? And, um, you know, just go after it. And if you have obstacles that get in your way, find a way around them. Like it might take time, but just keep going. Jerry, your thoughts? I absolutely love this conversation. Um, we've talked to a lot of people. We did talk to Diosa Design. That was online. Um, being in person with you. We've talked to a lot of software development companies, but there's something really, really neat cool. yeah. about having the product in hand and listening to you talk about the iterations of it and all that. Um, and then to talk about the the rock on the, what do you call it? The metal yeah, piece on the arm. Like, it's so cool. Like, yeah. But you know what? You're obviously a doer, and uh, we we really appreciate you taking the time to share your story. I think you've got uh, nowhere to go but up, you know, 
uh, it's going to be a lot of really interesting things. No, I couldn't agree more. Yep. So if, if uh, Ed, listeners want to get one of these, where do they go to get them? How do they get uh, them? They can go to Mernini.com, and I'm on all the social handles, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, and on my site, there's a retail section. We can go and look at where they're they're um, being sold in stores. Right. And, of course, countries. if uh, retailers are watching this and say, I need that product on my shelf, same routine to get to you? Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I respond within 12 hours. Yeah. <laughs> within 12 hours. Yeah. That's great. And, of course, you've laid out the markets you want to be in. So uh, hopefully somebody will be watching in those markets and say, I want to be the first to get that product yeah, great. because you're a person that believes in relationships and yeah. <laughs> partnerships. Yeah. So that's fantastic. Well, that was another wonderful uh, conversation on Gale Force Winds and what an amazing person with an amazing product, with an amazing story behind it. Thanks very much for joining us here and no, sharing your story me. and uh, showing us what Mernini has to offer. And I like to leave the podcast with my own piece of advice. And that is the world needs more Maria Hafner. <laughs> Thanks, Nini. <laughs> Thank you. And more Mernini. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Gale Force Winds. That's Gale Force Winds, W-I-N-S dot com.